Hey, fellow pickers, my name is Mike Crafton, and I'm coming to you from the redwoods of Northern California. And my name is Carl Mandrioli, and I'm coming to you from Castle Rock, Colorado. Hey, man, how's it going? It is going excellent, my friend. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Cool, how's it going cool. with you? Like to hear that. It's pretty going pretty good. You know the 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 only thing is uh, scrolling through Instagram this week mm-hmm. and. I came across these guys yard selling their garage selling and they came across the empty bays and the title was like, you're never going to guess what I found mm-hmm. and showed him walk up to the yard sale and he gets into this box and he's like, I just, I found the mother load of these vintage toys. Mm. And so I'm like, Ooh, cool. What, what are they? You know, I was thinking like old dolls and boxes <laughs> or something like that. Like creepy dolls. Like, yeah, the creepy old, old, uh, what do you call them? They're, like don't have a lot of detail in them, you know, they're like painted faces and stuff like that. Yeah. Like they they stare at you at nighttime and they're probably haunted. Yeah, exactly. They follow yeah. you around everywhere right. you go. <laughs> right. But no, he walked up to a box and he pulls this box out and it was a bunch of Star Wars figurines oh, yeah. and toys. Yep. The bad thing was that caught me off guard is those are the exact same toys that I used to play with when I was mm. a kid. So oh my gosh. They, they can't be vintage toys if I played with them when I was a kid. <laughs> Mike, let's be honest, my friend. You're probably, you're probably still playing with them, right? <laughs> I've got them in the attic. That's true. That's okay. True. Oh, I, uh, you're offended by the word vintage. Is that what you're getting at here? Something that I was playing with uh, as a kid being vintage? Yeah. yeah. I think vintage it, is a broad category, though. And I think we just got to come to grips with the fact that we're both old and the stuff we used to play with is is vintage. I'm sorry, man. I'm not ready to accept that yet. You know, vintage, (laughs) I can accept old grandma stuff as being vintage, but my stuff that I played with as a kid. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, yeah. One guy that I recently got connected with, it's funny you mentioned about the dolls. He said that he, I guess it was his grandmother used to own like a doll museum that had all those old dolls you're suggesting. And then it shut down. So she just had, you know, like basically tens, he said tens of thousands of dolls in this barn that was just stored there, but not used as a museum anymore. Yeah. You couldn't pay me enough money to go inside that barn. That's yeah. Not my thing. <laughs> you know, I, I either read that story. Did you say it was a friend of yours? Yeah. M- yeah. Maybe you were telling me about that. I seem to remember somebody telling me that. Yeah. That would be pretty creepy. man. <laughs> <laughs> so now stories I'm telling, I think I read that somewhere. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't have enough random access memory to keep everything yeah. stored in my brain. There's no way. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> All right, so vintage toys. I've I've come across those before, actually recently, and it had literally just been picked over in the last ten minutes. And some guy had a pile of you know Star Wars stuff like you're describing, mm-hmm. and I was just a little too late. But I could, yeah, I know that stuff's valuable. I couldn't tell you how much. I think it depends upon the condition and if all the parts and pieces are there and stuff. We're going with like a story of the week to start off our episodes. Is that your story of the week? That's one of the about five that I have. I don't think we have enough time. You only get I one, know. Mike. You get I don't one. think I have enough time to tell the other ones. So what do you got? So I was reselling some old electronics, and I got contacted by one of my old coworkers who was interested. I want to buy your stuff. So, And he was serious. So my question to you, Mike, is do you, would you feel weird about selling things you're picking Mm-hmm. to you know people you're connected with and like you're turning a profit with people you're connected with yeah no i i wouldn't feel bad about that at you all. would not feel bad about that okay no it kind of goes with our topic last week too right integrity topic this is more just personal preference because i don't think i mean you're not 
trying to scam the person. Like my price was fair. You know, I have a good uh, philosophy behind this and it's, if I'm okay with the price that I paid for something, I shouldn't care what the other person paid for that object. Right. As long as I'm okay with the price that I'm paying for it, I shouldn't hold any kind of begrudging towards the other person. You know what I mean? I evaluated it a different way. I thought to myself, did I really like working with this person? And my answer was no. So I was very happy to charge full price. No deals. <laughs> no deals for him. Did you double it? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, actually, I might up the price a little bit here. So yeah, that doesn't happen very often where people kind of out of the blue recontact me, but that was that was kind of an interesting one for this week. So yeah. All right. Yeah, and then that's cool. I had another question. So we, we put mm-hmm. out our first episode last week, and I gave you the step one challenge about the jet boil. Do we have an update? Yes. No. Really? No Are you update. serious? You know, I'm uh, I'm still waiting on the reseller's license before I get that. I, I did set up my eBay page, and, and that was kind of a whole other story itself. But uh, once I get that set up, yeah, I'll definitely get one of those on listed on there and I have been taking pictures of a lot of stuff. Like this thing is whole, this whole thing is really time consuming to be honest with you. Well, you're making it time consuming because you're getting, you're, you're starting a business before you're even, you don't even know if you're going to be able to make some money on this. Right. Well, even that's true, but even listing things, it's like, you got to take 25 pictures. You have to come up with the correct title. You've got to figure out a, I've got to figure out a whole organizing system to where I know whatever sells on eBay, I know what bin it's in on my yes. shelves, right? Yeah. Okay. So. This sounds like another episode where we talk about how to do this efficiently. And I'm not saying I get the best way, but my way is definitely not a nightmare like you're describing. 25 pictures for – like I would take a lot of pictures, not 25. I would take a lot if it's a you know higher-valued item. But if it's just something that's going to be you know typically 50 bucks or less – one, maybe two pictures. Right. You know, I, and I've heard, I've heard both, both kind of sides of it. They're like, take as many pictures as you can. Just so you, the seller knows what you're getting. Yeah. They, they can always request for more pictures if they're like, I think that's what I want, but I want to see the side of it or whatever they can ask. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. So maybe I'll cut down on the pictures, but, and then you just gotta, put it on eBay. Don't wait for your license, man. Just put it on there. <laughs> what, what if I get audited though? People that are selling a few things on eBay are not going to get audited. If you start bringing them some bucks, then that does matter. But I think you can even well, apply whatever you've sold prior to your license in the same calendar year anyway, so it still would go under the same uh, good point. business. Well, you know, my friend, I'm looking at this as you think big, you go big, right? So that's that's why I'm starting off. Okay. I know I'm going to sell a lot. All right. Well, I'm going to copy paste this note to our next episode. I'm going to ask you again. And... <laughs> Don't disappoint us. <laughs> now, do I just have to list it or do I have to actually sell it? Because I really don't have control of selling it. If you've listed it, you're you're taking a step in the right okay. direction. So, and then we can talk about how you listed it and that this and that. So Definitely we'll get to list that. It. But thank you for the update. You got it. So we've got, this is like a scam episode here. Amazon return pallets, the biggest scam going. You know, you've got me a little nervous. You keep talking about scams and reselling. Is there a lot of scams that go on with re- the, in the reselling world? Yeah. I mean, every, I mean, there's scams everywhere, right? Like you probably well, got yeah, I'm sh- five spam calls today trying to scam you. I, I'm sure that uh, people can find a nefarious way to do anything. But 
I, I just don't know what to look out for. Now you've got me worried. It's like, do I have to be on guard? Why can't I just trust people for their face value? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what you look out for right away. Common sense, my friend. That's what you look out for. You got to have that common sense and you'll be fine, right? I'll look for that common sense and see if I can find it. Somewhere. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what's funny, kind of backstory about the Amazon return palaces, I actually hadn't even heard of these. I didn't even know these were a thing until last summer when you and I went on the garage sale circuit and we came across a lady who was trying to sell off a bunch of her stuff from Amazon return pallets. What? She had like five pallets in her garage, didn't she? Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, she had a three car garage and most of the, like two of the three car zones were filled with pallets that were just, you know, they were shrink wrapped. They weren't even gotten into. And here she is at a garage sale with a million items out selling things for a couple bucks a piece. Yeah, and there were good. It was good stuff. I mean, I looked through a lot of us. Yeah, like what? It. What's good stuff? What do you what What do you categorize as good? Just in the palettes that she had uh, that she had looked through, because obviously they were still shrink wrapped. She hadn't looked through all of them, but the ones that she had sitting out, she had smart light bulbs, smart switches. She had all kinds of uh, mm-hmm. like smart and good brand name stuff. Like, is it Fiat or Fiat? I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I can't. Remember. I don't know how to pronounce it either. But I mean, it's one of the better, better branded uh, smart light bulbs and switches. And then she had, what else did she have? She had some shelves that were opened and just yeah, the packaging the shelves. was ruined on yeah. them. And, and I don't know yeah. the resale ability of shelves. I'm guessing the smart switches, those things are small. Those are easy to package up. If I remember correctly, those are you know the 20-ish, $25 range. Is that sure. correct? Yeah. Okay. So those, I agree. I, I would be happy to sell that stuff for sure. It's the small stuff. So she was selling, for example, she had like video game cases that mm-hmm. were off brand, which if you sold those, maybe you're going to get five bucks, but with shipping, you're just not, I mean, you'd have to sell it locally and you'd have to sell it mass quantity to really make it worth your time. And so that's what I'm concerned about is having a bunch of stuff where if you add it all up, it's worth it, but individually it'd be very difficult to sell and it's just not very efficient. So it sounds like you saw some different things though. I did. And I've kind of already expected if I, if I do go with one of these Amazon return pallets that I know I'm going to find stuff that just is just like, uh, I don't really want to waste my time with this stuff. Uh, so I'm, I'm really okay. looking for the big score in the Amazon return pallets. Everybody's looking for the big score, man. That's what everybody wants. So yeah. But speaking of, let's, let's go back to the scam concept here because I did some research on scams and I found okay. my three most interesting scams in the reselling business historically. Okay. All right. Man, this could be a test for you. Would you fall for okay. this? Would you fall All for right. this? All right. Let's see. Let's see how good I'm, I'm going to be with common sense. Common sense. Number three, <laughs> the Brooklyn Bridge scam. This happened, I, I don't know, it was like 100 years ago, where there was a guy who said he owned the Brooklyn Bridge. He owned the bridge. Mm-hmm. And he said he was willing to sell it to very rich tourists that came to New York and so he would sell the bridge for, I think it was like thousands of dollars, up to twice a week, selling the same bridge over and over again. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, and he had like some sort of falsified papers that had, you know, documentation for ownership, and would you buy a bridge? What? I I don't know what the what the draw to buying a bridge would be. What it just, hey, I'm going to go put my name on the Brooklyn Bridge now, or what? would you go <laughs> live underneath bridge. it? Uh, you could be the troll under the bridge. The troll. I don't know. Why? <laughs> threaten people, I guess. Yeah. Why would you want to buy a bridge? Put up a toll booth? You could put a toll, a toll on the bridge yeah. and then require, you know, slowly get your money back that way. Yeah. That, I, I think I have a little bit more common sense than that one. Hopefully. Okay. Fingers crossed. Right. 
fingers crossed. Back in the day when they had when when gold mining was big and people were going gold crazy, yeah, people would mine an area, find zero gold, and then try to sell the mine. So then they would go buy some gold and put some nuggets in the mines they're trying to sell so that when speculators came to check it out, they would find gold just like sitting there, I guess, and be like, whoa, there's there's gold in this mine. They, they call it the salted mine. Would you fall for that? Wow. That one would be a little bit more uh, harder to... Uh you know, just uh, that's that's ingenious, actually. To th- if you think about it, just put it in a little bit of dirt underneath the dirt a little mm-hmm. bit, so they they just uh, happen to ha- happen to find it. I don't think you're falling for that, man. You're you're the kind of guy that does his due diligence, as we've already seen. And so I think when you go and speculate, you're going to actually run some dirt through and try to figure out how much you know gold is there per yeah. yard or however they figure that out. And uh, you're not going to fall for that. I wonder if they're putting like in diamond or, or not diamond rings, but gold rings or if it was just gold nuggets. That'd be <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. yeah, refined processed yeah. gold. <laughs> Look what I found. I found this 14 karat gold ring in the mine. Right, right. You know, I think I'd be better right. than that. Why do people have to be shady? Why? That just breaks my heart. That's yeah, the way of the world, right? We, we live in a simple world and mm-hmm. this is evidence. So number one is one that I might have fallen for. I'm going to, I'll be straight up with this one. So, cause I, I kind of, well, I did something similar. So this was, this is a Craigslist scam where people would post their vehicle on Craigslist and get contacted by somebody posing to be like a car broker who would say like, Hey, I'll sell your car for you. I just want $500 and they're not taking your car off, off the, uh, you know, your hands. And so it's kind of a low risk situation, but I know how to sell this vehicle and you know i'll i'll make it so that you're going to get more customers and so it's just going to cost you 500 bucks and so people would pay 500 bucks and what they would do is they would just literally post it on craigslist and that's it exactly what the person did in the first place maybe just slightly better for 500 bucks well i mean it's kind of unethical but you're just you're paying 500 bucks for some advertising golly you fell for that one advertising you could easily do yourself right yeah that you could do yourself this didn't happen for me with a car, but I got contacted about a bike that I couldn't sell, like kind of a higher-end bike in its day. Mm-hmm. And uh, a company reached out and said, hey, we will part out your bike and give you a chunk of the return. And I couldn't sell the mm-hmm. bike, so I was like, all right. So I did it, and it ended up being a reputable company, but I could have easily gotten scammed right there. Oh, yeah, for sure. So you didn't end up getting scammed. You actually got some good money out of it. Uh, I got, you know, I still end up getting less than I wanted to overall, but I got some money. I guess it was like salvaging. Yeah, yeah, salvaging it basically. But, but you anyway, got, all right. you got more money than it than the bike just sitting there that you couldn't sell. So that's good. Correct. Correct. So, all right, all right those are three scams that I thought, yeah, kind of fun to to reference historically. So with. Those definitions in mind, are you ready to talk about and determine if Amazon, these pallets, are, are kind of a scam waiting to happen? Uh, sure, yeah. I don't know how they could be, but I'm open to listen. Okay, so you, you think this is a bad episode title because you think that the Amazon return pallets are legit. Yeah, they're definitely legit. Come on. What? I don't I don't even see how they could be a scam. I've done too much research. This sounds, it sounds like we're going like down the road of debate. Okay, friend. let's do it. All right, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. How do you buy Amazon pallets? What, what did you find? 
so there's a couple of ways that you can buy them. And one is buying them from Amazon itself direct. But the only problem mm-hmm. is, is that they don't start auctioning off their pallets until after Christmas return season. Right. And then the second way is from liquidators. Now liquidators, I could see how that could open you up to the possibility of a scam. Like, mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, what are some of the liquidators out there? Like, if, I would go with a, a big name liquidator or one that Amazon, that you know Amazon works with. Like, uh, B-Stock mm-hmm. is partnered with Amazon to resell their stuff and to auction off their, their return pallets. But somebody like, okay. like say, uh, if you go to Joe Joe's resellerliquidator.com, you know, it's like, uh, is that going to be a legit site or am I going to get scammed on this one? Is that a real place? No, I just made it up. Okay. Just make sure. But that's my point. That sounds real. It's, it's kind of sounded real. That's why. <laughs> okay. I'll start that. I'll put in an application for that, uh, DBA also. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So there's that. There's also people just, People like you and me that will actually buy up pallets and then not break them down, not get into them, but then just try to like flip the pallet itself for a higher price. Oh, I didn't realize that that was a thing too. That's kind of cool. That's a thing, man. Yeah. People, because like what you're saying is if it's going to happen after the Christmas season, then they're going to run out. People that want to buy pallets and get into that business and check it out might get a little bit desperate and there might be, you know, willing to pay a little more of a premium for the pallets. And so they might buy kind of privately off of like Facebook or Craigslist. Hmm. That sounds like something I might look into doing. <laughs> oh, okay. So again, you might be paying a little bit of a premium for that. So no, I'm not, I'm not talking about me buying one of the pallets off season. I'm talking about buying one during the return season and selling it to somebody during the Yeah. Off-season. I don't know how much the market would be to make it worth your while and you got to store it. But if you could, if you could succeed, I would be interested in that story for sure. Yeah, you just at the at the end of the day, you really have to factor in what's your time worth. You know, is it worth is it worth mm-hmm. a couple hundred bucks? Did you put did you put forty hours into something that's only going to pay you two hundred bucks? Right, and if, if you're just getting the pallet, storing the pallet, taking pictures, and then reposting, that's not going to be forty hours, right? That's just going to be. Yeah, that was an exaggeration on my part for sure. But you have to break down how much your hourly wage is worth or how how much your time is worth. Well, if you're talking about taking 25 pictures for a jet boil, I don't think 40 hours is an exaggeration, my friend. (laughs) Well, and on top of that, you have to put it in a white background. It has to have either natural. No, you don't. No, you don't. Throw it on on some nice carpet. (laughs) No, thank you. Then you have to have a natural light or you have to have one of those ring lights or something like that. It's got to be, there's so many different things you have to think about. Okay, you're already identifying yourself as somebody who goes to the ends of the earth to set everything up perfectly to do it the best possible, high quality way. And I'm already setting myself up here to be the guy that is going to cut all the corners I can to be efficient. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. So when I when I get up and running, then we'll just have oh to compare. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. See what you, because I've been doing this for years, and if you like had everything set up so perfectly that suddenly you're just destroying me, that would be amazing. Hey, I have no problem doing this at the end of the year because uh, I love like statistics and analytics, so I'm all okay. for it. All right, we'll do that. We're not there yet, but we'll get there. So, right. All right, so. We've identified the main ways to buy Amazon pallets. There's definitely, you know, local liquidators. There's online liquidators. There's people that will ship those things to you that are not from Amazon. There's 
apparently, I don't think around me, but there's places you can go, warehouses you can go to buy things up, and yeah. then you've got to take care of, of getting those items to your, you know, to your house or wherever you're going to store them. But how are you supposed to make money on these pallets? Okay, so there's probably a few different ways. So let's say I would probably start out with Amazon, buying one from Amazon first because I know that it's not Amazon's not going to scam me. It's okay. going to be a legit return from Amazon. So say I buy this thing for two, two to $1,000, and then it's going to cost, we didn't factor this part in, but it's going to cost you between three and $500 mm-hmm. to get that pallet shipped to you. Unless you, unless you go pick it up. So then you go and you break that thing down individually. Depends on what pallet you get. If you get electronics, get home goods, get shoes. That's part of the deal, man. You have to identify which pallet, like which themed pallet is going to get you the biggest return, right? Right. And you know, surprisingly enough, it's electronics and it's uh, cosmetics are the two that seem to uh, bring the biggest profit. Yeah, the electronics does not surprise me. Like, that's the one that I think you're going to be battling the most for, but cosmetics does surprise me. Right, yeah. Cosmetics, there's a lot of money in cosmetics if you want to flip that stuff. For okay. sure. Yeah, I don't know enough about it to flip it. I would, just, I would just go to my typical places to see you know how much that's going for, but I'd be happy to. Yeah, sure. I don't know. There, yeah, there's more to it because if you're talking about you know like lotions and stuff, mm-hmm. You're not supposed to, I don't know, there's, it's a bigger effort to send liquid stuff through the mail and just takes longer time. Anyway. Right. But, okay. So, themed palettes, you're going to break it, you're going to break it down, and then you're just going to sell it on eBay, Craigslist, Facebook, all that stuff? Yeah. All the places. It depends on what it is. You know, if it's clothes, you probably go into Poshmart or Macari, or is it Posh, mm-hmm. is it called Poshmart? I don't even know the brand. The yeah, I'm not. I I know that's a that's a big time place as well. I got to get more information about that. But yeah. So if it was closed, it'd be that way. And then before, okay, let's step back a second. So when you get the palette, you record yourself opening this palette up, and it's like an unboxing video, and that's right. And then that's where you get monetary value on YouTube and Instagram and and uh, TikTok mm. and all that stuff, right? Because yeah, if you can engage the people, right? Yeah, people are excited to see those. They're like, "Oh my gosh, did he did he get the holy grail of whatever it is?" You know, did mm. he did he uh, did he uh, is he gonna unpack that MacBook Pro that's still in its box? You That'd know? be amazing. Or, yeah, yeah. So I think it would get you a lot of views, get you a lot of hits. Okay, it would increase your Instagram, YouTube following. Yeah, but not everybody out there is is doing that. That's that's like a bonus, right? A bonus way to make some cash. Recording this stuff? Oh no, it's a uh, it's a big thing out on YouTube for unboxing no, 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 videos. I, I know a lot of people are doing that. I'm just saying, not not everybody who's trying to make a buck reselling things is, is going to be doing that. Oh sure, sure. It's just an option. But like somebody for you being in such a a uh, densely populated city, you probably have an, a, some kind of a liquidator store in your area. You probably have four or five of them in, in the Denver area. Like yeah, Denver. I, yeah, I need to do a better job of looking. I guess I. Yeah, we're, we're kind of scratching the surface with this, but there's some concerns I have about it. This is this is kind of we're going to get to that part with the scamming part, which makes me a little bit nervous. The other thing, too, you mentioned the 40 hours. Like, this is legit. You could be putting in a ton of time, right? And so we talked to the lady oh, yeah. who was trying to do this for a living, and she would spend whatever it was, a 1000 bucks, and she said on the high end, she was going to get 3000 for her palette. On the oh, low end, she's sweet. breaking even. So if you average it out to being like she's going to double her money on, on most pallets, $1,000 for 40 hours a week, is that a good return? So that's $25 an hour. That's a respect. Well, just think about it. You're putting in a 40-hour work week. Are you are you raking in 1000 bucks in that week? 
Yeah, exactly. Like even going into this with you, I'm like, I've got to find okay. something that I enjoy or I'm, I'm going to burn out really quick. You know, I've got to, I've got to find, you know, if it's electronics, if it's books, if it's video games, I got to find something that I'm enjoying listing and finding and doing. Fair. And if you're enjoying it, man, there's that, there's that part of it too. That's that, that you can't quantify the enjoyment factor, right? Yeah. I, I, I think I found something that makes my heart, you know, have some joy to look for. and, and Like do. what you're going to be looking for? Well, you know, when we, when you first approached me with this, I was struggling because I, you know, I already have a full-time job. I got a full-time life. I'm like, okay, so now I've got to go to, to uh, garage sales and I've got to go to estate sales and all this stuff. I'm like, when do I, when am I going to have the time? And I got, I got to look through this stuff. I don't know anything about anything. Like we talked about last episode. Yeah. I can flip a plate over and I have no idea what that marking on the back of it means. It's right. Like, so yeah. Stop doing that. Whatever. Stop it. Well, that's the whole thing is we have to learn what the hot stuff is, right? We have to learn about whatever it is that's, that's hot right now and making the money. Okay. And so, and just the other day I was, I was, uh, I was doing a lot of research about what, what, what I can do on, on Amazon, like doing a fulfilled by Amazon or FBAs Mm -hmm. and something that I really enjoy. And you've actually seen this in some of, uh, because we've, uh, when we're doing our, our Bible studies and I had my camera on, I've got a bookshelf mm-hmm. right behind me and I, I love books. I love old books. I love inspirational books. I love all kinds of books. Right. And so I figured, and there's quite a bit of money to be made on Amazon for, with books, with media. Mm. The, the only thing is, is I think I'm getting into the game uh, a little bit too late. But we'll see. I've still got some investigating to do. To like, are you going to be research. like you're looking for say like first editions for old books, that kind of thing? Well, yeah, I'm going to come across whatever I come across. It sounds like like textbooks are really hot right now in okay. uh, motivational books, so self help books, mm. uh, art art books are really hot. So, and and I was I was sitting there when I was reading all this. I was thinking back. When I go to yard sales or estate sales, there's always like inspirational books or self-help books all over the place. There's books are everywhere for sure for cheap too, too, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of novel stuff out there too, but I'm talking about like textbooks and inspirational books or self-help books. Okay. And you can pick those up for a buck and then turn around and list them on Amazon you send them to Amazon, Amazon stores them and fulfills them for you. So they send them out. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I, and when, when I thought about that, I was like, Ooh, you know, I got that feeling of joy. I was like, Oh, that's something I could really do. Yeah. Especially if you can sell, send a bunch at once, you know, make it more efficient. But yeah, you know, it's funny is, is <laughs> speaking of old textbooks, uh, some, some of my dad did, which I think is kind of funny is like, he has a passion for getting rid of junk mail. And so anytime a company reaches out to him and is just like soliciting him through the mail, he, he hates it, like hates it with a passion. And so you know how they have that return envelope where the postage is prepaid? Yeah. So he would tape that with packaging tape to a box and then put an old textbook in the box and send it. So then they're paying the postage for the box, not for an envelope. <laughs> they have to pay for the, the heavy box. And so... So then he had a buddy that, you know, taught math and retired and like grabbed a whole bunch of old math textbooks and was like, here you go. Yeah. And then he would just one by one. And he said that typically when he does that, they don't send him any more mail. Yeah. 
Yeah. Kind of funny. I, that's funny. That's the second thing that I think you've told me that story or I've heard something like it. I heard about somebody that would take those envelopes and they would stuff them full of uh, other junk mail and then send them back oh, to funny. the company. So they had that's to pay the, the heavier freight on it too. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. So anyway. I felt the same way. Another thing too, I don't know if your community does this, but a lot of those, you know, covenant controlled HOA communities mm-hmm. will have community events and sometimes they'll have book exchanges. And so people will just go basically dump a bunch of books and you dump your own books and you can sift through them and they're free mm-hmm. and you can find a lot of old textbooks that way too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I sent yep. you a picture of that one. It's the windows 95 manual. Yeah. I got it. I got yep. it for free off of a, uh, just sitting outside on a bookshelf and it was just, and it's still in great condition too. Okay. Yeah. Keep, yeah. Let us know how much you sell that for. Well, they're going for like 15 on Amazon. So, okay. I mean, not on Amazon, but on uh, eBay. So I, I know, I know, I know it doesn't count unless I sell it, but it doesn't count, man. That's what the potential. I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Your step one challenge is still the jet oil. So we'll get back to that. But all right, let's talk, let's talk about the scam stuff though. Okay. What do you got? You kind of alluded to the fact that you got to buy this from a reputable company. You can buy it directly from Amazon. You can bid on them. But there's a lot of ways to get scammed with these pallets. And I've seen a lot of companies online. And I just, I look at these warehouses. I see people, literally, their hands are in the boxes. And so who knows Mm -hmm. if items are, you know, getting moved from box to box. I know I've been to auctions where people are moving, they're, they're adding items from one lot to another lot. And it's just, it makes me nervous to see people's hands inside the boxes. And so if you end up buying a pallet and it doesn't have a manifest, it could have easily been cherry picked easily. And so all the good stuff's going to be gone. You're going to be left with junk and you might, you're likely going to take a loss on it. So I think that's an easy way to get scammed. So honestly, Unless I have a manifest or unless I know it's coming directly from Amazon, it makes me nervous buying from any yeah, liquidator. Me too. I'm with you on that one. I And for that kind of an investment too, you don't want to be going to one of those liquidators where people could go in there and look through it and sift through it. And like you said, move things from one to another. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I would love to hear from any folks out there who've bought pallets or boxes from, you know, not directly from Amazon or wherever. But I want to know if you got a good deal because if you go onto YouTube, like you were saying earlier, you see these unboxing videos and they're pulling out these amazing things, but they're not telling you where they're getting the boxes from. So, yeah. So, so part of me questions the yeah. authenticity sometimes. And part of me wonders if there's, if you just kind of, you know, had to get in early on this and know where to access these things because. I don't think you're pulling out a lot of MacBook Pros, right, like yeah. you're saying. So authenticity, when you say authenticity, you mean authenticity in the YouTube videos? Like somebody's actually buying the palette and then they stick their own good stuff in there. So the YouTube video is more exciting when they unwrap a MacBook Pro. I've seen them just, I've, I've seen not even just the palette. Like here's just a box. I'm unboxing uh-huh. some random ret- returns of electronics. And whoa, look, I pulled out this. I pulled out these AirPods. I pulled out whatever. They could have easily just, you know, bought a bunch of that stuff and just shoved it in there just to get the views on YouTube, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And then they probably have like an affiliate link, too. It's like, oh, use my affiliate link. I know which I know which ones to buy. I know which uh, palettes mm, to look for. I, a lot of them I didn't see affiliate links on. I think we're watching different ones. You know what we should do, though, is we should do, we should just test this theory out. 
is once we get our YouTube up and running, mm -hmm. we should make an unboxing video that's a total scam where we literally put everything <laughs> inside the box just to see how many views we get. And then we can, you know, we can come clean like the next video be like, hey, FYI, like you, you, this is like a hoax. You fell for it. I, th I thought we <laughs> wanted to gain listeners and not make them mad on our first YouTube No, video. but they're listening to this. So now they're in on it. Okay. Now they're in on the joke and All they'll right. enjoy it. <laughs> how many people do you think are screaming at their, <laughs> at their phone right now? Like, you guys better not be doing that. We haven't done it, but you—they've already. If if they're into this like we are, they've probably already fallen yeah. victim to people that have done that kind of stuff. Come yeah. on, if you, you guys, know that's true. If you guys haven't picked up on it yet, we're pretty lighthearted and we like to have fun. So don't hold us to. Wait uh, a second, are you saying that you wouldn't do that? I'm being serious, man. Oh, I no, would do that just for fun. I'm being serious too. I just anybody okay. that's getting to know us, I want them to know that we are jokesters and you know that we're lighthearted with stuff. So we're probably going to pull pranks like this. Yeah. Are we hoaxers too? Is is that a word? I think I used a word on the last episode that wasn't even a word too. So that's okay. That's okay, man. We get you know, I think I would be okay to do a hoax as long as you come clean, right? It's not you yeah. don't want to like keep it going forever. It's it's the fun parts, the reveal. So yeah, yep. that's what I would do. Oh, that sounds yeah. fun. I you know we've talked about both doing Amazon return palettes and doing unboxing videos. I I can't mm -hmm. wait to get the YouTube up and running and. Getting on the old YouTube. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited too. And I want to do, I definitely want to try this out. I'm concerned about the scam and it, you seem like you've done your research a little bit more in terms of how to source some of this stuff better. So if you find a legitimate sourcing, whether it's a palette or whether it's a box and you think that this is worth it, I'm ready to invest and make this happen. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, especially for me. I, I source a lot of my stuff in the summertime, so if this is like a winter event or like you're saying after Christmas in January, like that's prime time for me to to have time for that kind of stuff. So let's yeah. so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of stay tuned with that. You brought up a lot of good points too about you know people with their hands in there. I, I hadn't thought about that, and even at a reputable liquid, liquidator, if they, if they let people go in there and, and preview the merchandise, then – you know, that's something to look out for. It's a good, that's a good call. Yeah. And people can just can buy on the spot. It's just, they might be moving things, like I said, from box to box. But I used to go to, when I first got into this, I went to an auction and the auctioneer was literally like, don't move things from box to box. Like stop doing that stuff. And you could put in like these absentee bids. And so I put I would put in these absentee bids on these, you know, these, bo these open boxes of stuff. And if I won, I came and sometimes I'm like, Oh, I just won this box, but it's missing some things that was in this box originally. And I had to decide, do I want to buy this or not? Was it still worth my while? Crazy. And it was, you know, a little frustrating, obviously. Why? Why can't everybody just be, just be, uh, what would you call it, ethical? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So why can't we just live in like a utopian society? Is that your question? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I kind of threw some questions at you about the Amazon stuff. Did I? What, yeah, what did. else did you find about Amazon palettes? Kind of helpful information that has not been shared. Is there anything else we missed? No, I think I covered the big ones. You know. Uh, B stock is the biggest Amazon liquidator shipping. I didn't realize that shipping could cost three to $500 and that's good. Yep. And it was good. To, good to know that Amazon actually does some of the auctions themselves on their website. So, so if you're going to buy, are you buying directly from Amazon? Is that what you decided? If you know, in, in our small town, there's no liquidators within three and a half hours of me. So I'd have to, okay. I'd have to drive three and a half hours to go to a liquidators. Anyway, it interests me. But I'm not sure that I would buy an Amazon return from somebody like that right off the bat. I'm, yeah, that's why I was wondering if you'd buy directly from Amazon who would then ship it to you. 
Uh, I wouldn't have it shipped. I would go buy. I would. I'd drive up there for three hundred bucks. I could drive up there easier for less less than three hundred bucks to pick it up. Yeah, for sure. And you had you had to break it down so you fit in your vehicle, right? Or in a trailer, just bring a trailer. You're talking about how you don't have a lot of time to do this extra hobby stuff, and now you're saying I'll drive, you know, six hours round trip to to make it happen. Hey, Seattle, you know, it's a vacation. You go up there and you get a hotel room for a couple of nights. And you have a vacation also. Okay. Yeah. That it, and that's the nice thing is you can do this with um, your spouse or with buddies. Yeah. And this is, yeah, that's that, that's kind of what makes it fun. And when you go, you can write it off on your taxes at the end of the year as a business trip, right? Because you're going up there to, you go, you're going up there you can to track it. Yeah. For, for those of us that get the business license ahead of time before we've ever put anything <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> I told you, you if you want to, if you oh want to, if you want to be big, you've got to act like you're going to be big. So just, just right off the bat. The last thing that kind of last tip with Amazon pallets, if you're new to this, like we are where we've got it, we're, we're going to be, you know, kind of trying our hand at one of these things. You have to have, if you're going to be taking this massive amount of stock in, whether it's in your garage or some sort of warehouse mm-hmm. or at work, I don't know. You got to have a system for how you're going to do this. How are you going to break it down? How, are you going to categorize? Are you going to, you know, sell like right. items, you know, put down, I'm, I have mm-hmm. five of these things. So I'm going to, kind of group these together and put quantity five on whatever site you're selling. So that way you can sell them more efficiently. You're going to sell them kind of bundled. So that's, that's the thing is you, you might want to have your system in place before you, you dive in. Otherwise you can get into a mess. Like I, that lady that we met, I can't imagine being her husband if she didn't have a system in place. And now my entire garage is filled to the ceiling mm-hmm. with these boxes. Right. Yeah. You know, one of the other good things about those pallets though, is that, if you open them up and they're household items that you can use, then you just saved yourself a bunch of money, you know, from going to Costco or going to the grocery, not the grocery store, but like, just say, just say the staple items like toilet paper or, or shampoos or soaps mm. or something like that. Dude, if I unboxed a bunch of <laughs> toilet paper, I would be so <laughs> mad. Cause that's going to take up so much space in the palette and it's not going to, you're not saving that much money. From <laughs> that, it. That's true. Oh my that was goodness. a bad example. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Okay. That's another thing too, though, is yes. If you legitimately need and use those items, you're right. You're going to be saving money going out hundred percent potential. If you talk yourself into using these items, now you're just spending at that point. Right? Yeah. Now you're yeah. Consumer. For sure. So, like, if okay. you're a person that doesn't care, like, if you're somebody that shops at a, I don't know if you guys have a grocery outlet uh, where you're at. We don't, personally, yeah. It's like a dented can store. So, any of the big grocery stores that have close to expiring foods, they'll send them to right. the store and uh, they'll mark them way down. So, it's it's kind of the same thing. You know, if you don't mind using a different product each time or if you're, like, brand loyal, then this probably isn't the idea for you. But Right. Right. Okay. All right, man, I think we covered it, but again, we're just getting into it. So if any of you have experience out there with Amazon Pallets, if you need advice or warnings or scam notices, please let us know and we will update the folks out there. So please let me know so I don't get suckered into one of these right off the bat. I would really hate my reselling experience to start off with the scam. Yeah. So how about let us know ASAP. (laughs) ASAP. That's right. Okay. Yeah, you can let us know on uh, our Pickers podcast, 
Instagram or Facebook page is a great way to do that. We got we got all that stuff in the show description. We've got our email down there. We got a phone number. We're happy to throw your your feedback and wisdom on our show. Hundred percent. So, right. all right, my friend, is my trivia this week correct? All right, I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm kind of kind of nervous. Okay. I'm really bad at trivia, to be honest. Yeah. With you. Well, we're gonna find out right now. It's Amazon trivia. Amazon. So just as a refresher, Mike and I are doing a series of ten trivia's. Whoever loses the most has to do a cold call on somebody's house to try to try to purchase an item from them without any garage sale going on. So here we go. This is the, this is your first opportunity here to get a win. All right. All right. I got three questions. Number one: the Amazon <laughs> River mainly runs through which country? Let's say South America. Do you need multiple choice? I can add that. I'm going to give you multiple choice, Mike. All right. Because you just named a continent. So we've got A, Brazil, B, Peru, C, Argentina, or D, Chile. I'll say Argentina. Argentina is incorrect, my friend. It is Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. You know what? That's bad because I'm Portuguese too. I should know. Yeah, that. and um, Portugal conquered Brazil, sort of. So, <laughs> yeah, Brazil's the biggest <laughs> country in South America. So that that was kind of the hope was that you could just kind of make that educated guess if you didn't know. Well, I wasn't even sure about South America to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Amazon's like the second longest river in the world. Nile's the longest. So fun facts galore there. Number two, yeah. Amazon.com began their company. Selling what type of product? Toilet paper. Like as like all they sell online is toilet paper. Is that what you're saying? What did he sell? God, I know this. I've watched it in a video. I've heard it at least 15 times. What did he start well, selling? You're just alive when this happened. This is not like a, you know, this is like the 1990s. I know, here. I know. When Amazon came out, it was a really big deal. They were the online seller of what? Uh, I've just always known them as, you- as Congress. I didn't, or a retailer. Really? Okay. All right, this is helping me. So I, I think I need to give you, give you multiple choice for this one too. I, I told you you need to dumb your trivia down if I'm going to have any chance. But this, this is during your lifetime. This is like asking about the, your Star Wars toys. So, all right, multiple choice. So we've got A, toys, B, electronics, C, household goods, or D, books. I'm going to say books. Books is correct, my friend. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Nice. Um, all right, last one. This is for the win. Got to get this right. Back in is the this di- the hardest one? Uh, is this the hardest? I usually have the more ridiculous one for the last one, to be honest. So it could be hard. <laughs> I only got three okay. multiple choice answers, though, so you got a one and three shot. Okay. Back in the day, I used to resell which of the following items on Amazon? A, old textbooks, B, electronics, or C, camping gear? On Amazon. I think we talked about this too. I don't think we did. Because I did this for a very short period of time. Yeah, you got kicked off or something like that. Now you're just making stories up because that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I get kicked off? Uh, it's selling bad stuff? No, you get kicked off if your products don't move. Oh, okay. I mean, that might have happened. I didn't realize no, it. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That's, that's misinformation. You get... If you have affiliate links with the Amazon, if your products oh, aren't moving, you get kicked off for that's the definitely happened. That's definitely happened. But that yeah. that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know So that was you ten years See? ago I'm talking about. Ten years ago, Carl was selling electronic no, he was selling textbooks on Amazon. 
old textbooks is correct. Yes. Like I just shared. I just shared my sourcing of that was to go to those places where the people just drop off their textbooks at our community. So there you go. You passed, my friend. All right. Yes. By a very thin thread. So Thin thread. Hey, okay. It's one to one. I'm going to change the score on my computer too, or my notes. All right. Amazon episode, my friend. That's all I got. All right. Scam, scam, scams. I hope I don't fall for one in my starts. So, all right, fellow pickers, go find your own treasures one story at a time. And remember, it's not reselling. If you forget to put the label on the box, 